Hey guys, I'm Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, and tonight we will be talking about, or this episode we'll be talking about, a show that was produced as a passion project. And that show is Afro Samurai. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Afro Samurai as a thing and how it came to be. It is a passion project um, done, produced by and kind of for Samuel L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson voices not one, but two characters in this show. He voices Afro, the main character, the samurai. And he voices, I forget the name of the ninja, but he voices his, like, ninja sidekick, who is very much suggested may or may not be real. Um, it, it could go either way on that guy. He could totally be real, he could totally be fake. It's just the way, the way they frame it, it's like, he could be some sort of, like, hallucination, because he's straight up... I'm pretty sure the entire show nobody else talks to him ever. And he he only reacts to things involving Afro. You never see him separately from Afro. Um so like I said this and like I said this show was made for by and for Samuel Jackson as a passion project. Uh, but it's it's interesting because somewhere along the like root of popularity of anime, it intersected with first with kind of first pop culture, but also hip hop culture and like. And a very and it has this relationship to hip hop culture that is kind of perfectly encapsulated in something like Afro Samurai. Afro Samurai is like it's a little bit like Samurai Champloo dialed up a little bit, not all the way to eleven, but let's say it's like. If if Samurai Champloo is, like, exists just as a 5, this is dialed to, like, an 8. And what I mean by that is that it's got this, it's, like, dripping with this, like, kind of hip-hop swagger to it. And, like, all the animation, which is gorgeous, um, and it's available on, it's, a, it's all available on Hulu. You can go watch it if you have a Hulu subscription. Um, and I definitely encourage you to do that. If, um, you have a Funimation subscription, I also believe it's available there. Or, um, actually, I know it's available there. I've seen, I've seen it, like, on the catalog. Um, but, so, it, it, it drifts this, like, hip-hop swagger to it. And in, I believe that... The Rhythm did 
a lot of the soundtrack to it. So the soundtrack has this kind of very hip-hop, awesome feel to it that adds to the show. Um, as for what the show is, it's basically a re- it's basically a revenge fantasy plot. The, the idea is that the two top warriors in Japan have different headbands. Or later it's explained that there's like multiple headbands across like I think they go all the way down to like ten. So like the top ten fighters in Japan have like one of these ten headbands. And we open up the show with the current number one current wearer of the number one headband, like the chief dog, the like the the guy everybody wants to beat. And he's and he is Afro's father. And you see like a young, a super young version of Afro there. And he's conf- but he's confronting the this man, this tall cowboy man, this tall cowboy basically, who is wearing the number two headband, and the guy wearing the number two headband kills Afro's dad, and takes the number one headband for himself. Um. And that's the way the headbands are passed. It's not like they're passed on to people or any of that. It's like, no, you got you gotta kill me and take it off my body. Um and that starts Afro down this path of just trying to get to the number ten to the number one headband to the guy with the number one headband so he can avenge his father. He wants to go kill the the cowboy to avenge his father because he he saw his he saw his dad decapitated in front of him. This show is if you don't if you're not a huge fan of violence, this is not the show for you. It is very violent. It is profane. It is it is what people would call capital A anime. And general and generally speaking, when an American production produces what people call capital A anime, which is like it's profane, it's oversexualized, it's zany, it's violent as hell. It doesn't. It doesn't strike the right balance, and doesn't. It doesn't feel right, and and Afro Samurai has its problems, which I'll get to, but it it, it has this kind of self fulfilling balance, and it like asks you to it asks you to invest in this just this wild ride of a show that's essentially a f- six episode action movie. There's five there's five episodes of like the first thing that they produced, which is like the story proper. And then there's, uh, I'm not going to call it a movie, I'm going to call it like an OVA, um, called Afro Samurai Resurrection, 
And that is its own thing. And, like, it goes even deeper into, like, hip-hop. Into, like, the hip-hop Japanese, like, connection. It's got Lucy Liu in it. It's it's a fascinating thing, and I'll get to that in a second. But, so... Basically, he starts down this path of trying to find the guy with the number one headband. And then you're immediately dropped into, like, the media res moment of just, he is not, you fast forward to, he is the number two. He now has the number two headband, and he's looking for the guy with the number one headband. And you just, like, you come into, you come into him on this huge field of just people who are ready to murder him, just, like, if I don't get the headband, I will get his head and I'll get the bounty for, like, one of the, like, other eight families he's, like, torn apart by murdering whoever was, like, the headband wearer in that family. But it's, like, all these guys and they just want this, they want that, they want to get what they, want to get what they've got, what they can get, you know? Um, but... So he summarily deals with them in, like, a big, drawn-out fight sequence. And the fights are pretty well choreographed. I mean, as like... It, it's not... It, they're not as well choreographed as something like Samurai Champloo. But Samurai Champloo tries to do something unique with his fights, generally. Um, but they are pretty well choreographed, and they're really well animated... And I, um, I forget who the animation studio is who does the, uh, who did this, but it might be Madhouse. Um, but it's like, they're really, really, really well done. So after you get that, after a while, after like just seeing all these people who challenge him and like, He's got to he's got constantly like cut his way through the world because everybody wants a piece of him because they beat him they become the the number two because it's not this is not like a stepping structure it is not like you can you can challenge you it's not it's not that you challenge each successive one is that you challenge who you can find and who you can beat. Um, but also later it revealed in the story that basically someone, I think, I forget exactly who, at some point one of the number ones killed the other, killed the other eight of them, and now he just has all a headband except for the number two, so if you want the number one headband... There's no way to climb the ladder anymore. You just have to go, instead of 10 through 1, you go 2, 1. <laughs> but you can only, the rules, like the rules of this universe basically state you can only challenge the guy, the guy at the top after you, after you're wearing the like second lowest 
the next lowest headband or whatever. So that's how they set this up. And so through this revenge fantasy, you basically you find out that he went to train under a sensei because he he after, after a while of carrying around his father's decapitated head um and kind of just like being a tiny badass this guy said oh, maybe you should defend know how to defend yourself and he like learned how to be a samurai a thing you can do if you're so inclined because the game is terrible um, you can find it for, like, a dollar at, like, GameStop. There is an Afro Samurai video game that I I tried to play. It was awful. I, I There was a period in time when GameStop wouldn't even take it back. Like, they wouldn't buy it back. That's not a thing they were capable of doing. Um, because they couldn't, they couldn't move the thing. It wasn't... It, during during the 360 lifespan, the game was common enough and badly rated enough where they wouldn't move the game at all. So there, the, that that gem. Um, but that doesn't take away from the show, and it is kind of interesting playing that game, having seen all six episodes of the show. Um, but so basically. Y- you see him training and growing up with this dojo master. And, but the dojo master kind of leaves every once in a while and people challenge him all the time. And Afro doesn't, growing up Afro doesn't understand why. But he's also taking classes, he's also training with the dojo master's son. I forget the son's name. Um, and so she, so he eventually finds out that the dojo master is the number two. And the, and the way, and the dojo master has basically decided that for the good of the universe and to stop people basically from dying for no reason, he is going. To, he has decided that he is not going to attempt to challenge the number one. And he just kind of lives, runs his dojo, and anybody who wants to take a whack at him can. But nobody's won. So this sets up this like actually pretty decent conflict because. This is the guy. This is the guy who took in Afro and like raised him and taught him how to fight and how to defend himself and instilled in him this kind of like set of morals. Up until that point, and also it's his. It's basically it's his best friend's dad. It is his kind of older. It is his older brother dad, basically. Um. But he, his whole thing, Afro's character's whole thing is get revenge on my dad by becoming the number one. And he
eventually kills the number two. And his... The Dojo Master's son is so distraught. He's like, why did you do this? I understand why you would, but why? Freaks out. Afro just takes the headband and leaves, I'm pretty sure. Um, And so... After you learn that, you go back to, like, the media red thing of Afro fighting all these guys and get a bunch more fight scenes. And this show does a good job of knowing exactly what it is. And it doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't try and... do any kind of, like, slice or slice of lifey things. It doesn't feel like it's padded. It's just like, oh, z- z- people want to murder him for this reason. We have this story piece that lets us have all these fantastic fight scenes constantly so, we're, so we can use those to, like, substitute for story padding instead of being like oh Afro just like lived on a farm for straight up a week or like we don't need a beach episode <laughs> um and th- now granted those things wouldn't fit in this because it's not that kind of anime but I mean plenty of animes have huge filler arcs I mean Naruto Bleach Dragon Ball Z has entire episodes of yelling. Um, and those villains can be great, like the Dragon Ball Z driver's license episode, or the, my personal favorite filler thing, which is the episode where Gohan teaches Videl to fly, is like a really kind of like weird, touching love story in this otherwise super macho like, punch people in the face all the time anime. It's like, you can, brother, you came here to rock out and to listen to the theme song and watch big muscly men punch other big muscly men. But we're just straight up gonna, like, make you weep from your heart right now. Um... Which is which? Which is always interesting to see, but not most filler isn't handled that well because they can't. They you know they can't do anything to any of the characters that affects anything because it's filler and like it's basically they're taking a break from the story. In this case. You, I mean, you, you know, Afro's gonna win. Like, you, 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 the show goes on for longer than that fight. You know, he's gonna win. And then eventually, he finds the number one. He finds the guy who was, who is the cowboy guy. And I believe he's dead. And he... 
So he sees that he's dead and he's like, who killed him? And there's this guy with this, this teddy bear head. Yeah, and and this, this is the most, this is the, po- if you were like, oh, this is, this anime is a little hip-hop as hell, a little hip-hop as fuck. And you were just like watching it and you just kind of like got that feeling. The second, the like, the Kanye West teddy bear samurai shows up is the second you're like, nope, this anime is like, it's sipping on gin, gin and juice. That's what this show does. And you quickly come to realize that that teddy bear-headed samurai is the older son. And and the older son, when basically underwent surgery and all this stuff, and he became the new number one, and he now challenges Afro. Afro kills him, and I forget what else happens, I think. I think first they try and kill each other. And it turns out the other dude's still alive. The, like, real, the, like, original, the cowboy dude is still alive and they have to kill him. And in the process, the, like, the son of the dojo, of the, do, of the um, dojo leader dies. And, like, it's just kind of a sad, somber, Afro is now the number one. He has beat, he he has ascended to the top, he has avenged his father, and he's good. And then they have Resurrections. Now Resurrections is this really Afro Samurai when it came out, I forget when it came out, it might come around it came out like Early 2000s, I think. Early early to mid-2000s. Um, it was... It was super popular with, like... The hip-hop crowd was, like... It was super popular with, like, the crowd who fancied themselves Kanye West fans. Me included. Because it... Seamlessly blended all of these things... That... Not a whole lot of people were connecting, and not a whole lot of people, and not a whole lot of people connect today, even, which is like hip hop culture, outsider culture, and anime, and what like believe it or not, if you're if you're listening to this and you're relatively new to the anime universe, you're relatively new otaku, there was a time, it is called the bubble, it is called the anime bubble, when anime was like a cool thing, and was like, and people were into it, and people, and anime 
is still kind of a cool thing. I mean, we got the Ghost in the Shell movie. Somebody paused and said, and yes, Ghost in the Shell is unique because it's a seminal piece of film history. But somebody paused and said, we're going to make this anime thing and somebody's going to give us money for it. Um, and that movie, I think, is up for a visual effects Oscar. Um, certainly not up for any other kind of Oscar, because it looks pretty, but it's terrible. Um, but it's not terrible, it's just... It's just kind of bad. Um, but... Anime used to be, like, a cool thing, and in in lots of cases, it still is. But... There was a time, right around when Afro Samurai came out, when anime was cool enough where it was viable for a comp- for Samuel Jackson to go like, Hey man, I'm really into this stuff. Like, give me money to do this, and I will produce the shit out of it, and it will sell like gangbusters, and he was totally right. So, the result, this was really popular, Afro Samurai was really popular, and it got a, it got a video game, which I talked about already, and was terrible, and it got a kind of, it was presented as a movie, but it was, in reality, it was an OVA called Afro Samurai Resurrection, and the reason it's called Resurrection is basically... The entire time in the, like, in the dojo flashback sequence of the original five episodes of Afro Samurai, um, the older brother character has a younger sister, and she's always carrying around this teddy bear. And the teddy bear is where, um, is where, um the older brother got the, like, teddy bear head. It's, like, where he got the, like... If you look if you look up this character design, you'll be like, oh, I feel like I should know that. It has a really iconic feel, which is impressive. Um... But she's always carrying around this, like, big, kind of oversized stuffed bear, and that's where that character got, got the idea for the head. Um, but... She, whereas he kind of grew up and became this, like, awesome samurai who ascended to be, like, the top samurai and then died. And Afro got to be the number one samurai. This woman essentially just became was just lost. She was, her and her brother were separated. Her brother never saw her again. And she slowly became this, like, m- master assassin murder lady. And she steals the headband, st- st- steals the number one headband from Afro as a way to basically say, like, oh, I got your dad's belt. Come get it back. Um, so Afro does go go to get it. 
And what they what they do is that after they steal the headband, they give you this pretty interesting reminder because he looks. This is a show where you can tell like the headbands are design was specifically designed to like be part of Afro's character design. So it looks cool on other people, but it looks like it looks like it belongs on him. And that is really the first time you see him as an adult without a headband at all. So he goes on down this lady and who is played by I forget the lady's name but she's played by Lucy but she played by Lucy Lou which is kind of like hip hop like hip hop and stuff and all that stuff Lucy Lou kind of fits right in there I mean and also this was this was kind of around the time I think she'd already been in Kill Bill so like she fits right in that like cool anime Japanese continuum even though she's not I don't think she she Chinese I believe um but so he's gotta go kill Lucy Liu's character and but he's confronted by the older brother again who you know is dead. And you come to find out that she has basically resurrected her own brother and he is doing this because he feels like he betrayed her, blah, 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 blah. And for an action movie, they, for, for an action series, and this is probably due in large part to Samuel Jackson being a part of it, they take enough time with it so the character's motivations have a certain amount of weight. I mean, it it is, it is like human Cuisinart through a field of dummies at times, but it also, you, you understand why Afro is so attached to the headband. It's like, it is a physical, it is to him a physical manifestation of this is what your this is the thing that your father left in the world and I also believe he had his father's sword um so you understand why he's attached to that and they make sure that you understand that why everybody's had their attachments and everybody has their reasons for doing things um the only character who seems just evil is I believe it is it's a um cowboy at the beginning and he just seems he seems evil because he's ambitious and power hungry basically. You get the real you get the real um you get a real understanding that Afro is not necessarily fighting people because that's exactly what he wants to do. What he wants is to hold on to the number one headband so he has, like, some connection to his father. But the rules are such that he can't just give it to people. That, like, 
people can't ask him for it for like a day. They kill him and they take it. So that's like that is basically why he fights people because he is never he is really never the one who is doing the with the exception of when he fights against somebody else who has the number one headman to take it from them. He never challenges just random people to prove that he's like super powerful or anything. Um and it's like the handling of like all the subtextual stuff is actually pretty impressive in the show. Um, but if you are interested in it, you can totally go check it out on Funimation or on um, Hulu, like I said. And because it's Samuel Jackson, because it's Lucy Liu, and because it's a pretty great, excellent voice cast. Don't I don't even think I don't think there is a Japanese version. I don't think there's I don't think there's a subtitle version, but you shouldn't if there is, don't watch the subtitle version. Not worth it. You you're not you're not gonna get the like the awesome like motherfucker of Samuel Jackson and that that is just basically a crime on your ears and on humanity as a whole. Um but definitely check it out if you we're curious about it. It's worth at least watching one episode of just to like feel the like insane swagger that, that show manages to pull off. Um, it's also worth it just because it's kind of there's kind of nothing else like it. It's in a in a medium of really unique things. It is. Especially unique. Um, the the and it's gonna feel weird. It's just gonna sound weird, but the thing it feels most like at certain moments is it feels most like the encounter fights, minus the weird porny shit, in. The fights feel most like some of the fights in Queen's Blade, minus the weird porny shit. At some point, I'll talk about terrible shows like Queen's Blade, but we'll get there. Um, but if you did like this episode, be sure to subscribe to it in iTunes, Stitcher, or Google or Google Music Play podcast. Um, I'm all I'm in all three places. Uh, leave me a rating, leave me, like, a five-star rating, let me know how I'm doing, um, and share this with your friends, like, tell them, like, hey, listen to this dude talk about anime for half an hour to, to half an hour to 50 minutes, he's entertaining, I hope, um, but I will talk to you guys, I will talk to you guys next week.